Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Guess what? All of Castle Massey's bath and body products, that's right, all of them are marked down up to 33%. And now, just for fans of OutlanderCast, you can get an additional 30% off marked down prices when you enter the code OutlanderCast at checkout. That's an another 30% off already marked down items. All you need to do is use the code OutlanderCast at checkout. You're a good man. No. Good doesn't come into it. I love him more than life itself. I'm sure Roger will too. Love the child. The thing is, we're all here in this new world, not because it's new. These lands are as old as any. It's only new because there is hope. And hope is at the very heart of love. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. How's it going? My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I know that we kind of rank on, you know, David Barry being like so good looking that he's a vampire. Yep. But I got to admit, I, I, I am I'd on. I'd let the, him bite me. I, <laughs> I, I think I'd let him bite me too. Right? After uh, this episode? No, I, I just, I really like, I really like Lord John. Mm-hmm. I really like him, and not because. Of the whole, like, oh, I'm going to get married, Bree, and all that. But because of just his outlook and just what he just said uh, at the beginning of this episode that we played. Like, this this is the new world. It's, yes. These lands are old. But it, this is just... I wish I could be as eloquent in anything in my life as Honestly. Lord John is in this one moment. <laughs> so true. So true. My I, goodness. I, I'm finding myself really, really uh, smitten with Lord John and David I'm glad Barry. to hear that. I'm really, really glad to hear that. Well, Truly. before we divulge in our Lord John Gray um, love fest, I mean, it's a little early. Valentine's Day's coming. You know who our Valentine is going to be. Uh, before we get into that, we wanted just to welcome you. If you're brand new to Outlander Cast, super glad that you got to join us. Feel free to check out all of our previous episodes and please hit the subscribe button. You can subscribe to Outlander Cast. That way, the newest and greatest episodes are downloaded and sent straight to your smart device. You can find us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all just by searching OutlanderCast. And we would love for you to become an official member of the OutlanderCast clan. Listen, if you've been listening to OutlanderCast for a while and you're like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, come on in, the water's fine. You just have to go to OutlanderCastClan.com. There you get great benefits, extras, like extra after doc podcast episodes, access to special OutlanderCast giveaways, and so much more. Free swag, just all Love, lovely, wonderful things. So thank you to our current OutlanderCastClan.com members. And for those of you who've been thinking about it, come on in. And the I water's also, fine. I also want to let you know, too, that all of the tickets for the OutlanderCast finale party, they're gone. They're gone. We we do have a wait list. I mean, we got a wait list. We got a wait list. I mean, that that's, that's yeah. the truth. And people are on the wait list. Yeah. But just the regular tickets that are for, for sale, gone. Just gone. Ciao. So I told you they were going to sell out quick. They did. <laughs> you know, if you didn't get one, I'm sorry. You can be on the wait list. Get on the wait list. Um, and uh, so that's that. Also, I wanted to let you know that Mary and I, after Outlander, you know, run finishes its run this season. Stop. Stop. <laughs> we do have other things brewing. We do have other things going on at the same time. So if you do like Mary and myself and you like how we podcast and you like all of the content that we put up, please do follow us on Facebook at Mary and Blake. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mary and Blake. And also stay up to touch, uh, stay in touch, or stay up to date. All the touch or date that you want. Hey, all of the things. Uh, uh, you can stay up to date with all of the things that we do, especially our latest and greatest new podcast called This Is Us 
2, which is a podcast dedicated to This Is Us, which if you're listening to this, it's actually coming out today. Yeah. It's actually coming out today, Tuesday. It's coming back for its its second half of the season three run. So do check us out at maryandblake.com. Look us up for This Is Us 2, either on Mary and Blake, or you can look it up uh, on iTunes or whatever podcatcher that you love, Spotify, all of it. It's all, all there. It. So check us out. This Is Us 2. Marvin, you ready to get into this episode? Yes, I am. Let's do it. All right, let's break down some of these episode details. Give it to me, Blake. You know, I never got the stupid sound clip from Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Sorry. I got to do that. You know, it's something that like you had several days to do it. I know, I will do, okay. I will do okay. it for the listener feedback episode. <laughs> good, good. I will get it done. Good. All right, this one episode is called If Not For Hope. And it is a reference to the idea that... All of the characters are, are kind of at their low point right now, and they're separated, their stories are at, an, at a point where they just feel like all is kind of lost. And again, Lord John, being as smart and as awesome as he is, he's talking about the awesome idea. Is a good word. Yeah, he's talking about the idea of hope, and everybody is kind of kind of subsisting on this idea of hope within these characters. So that is why it's called If Not for hope. Mm-hmm. The writer was Shana Fuel, who wrote Blood of My Blood, and also Bronwyn Garrity, who wrote the episode Savages. Yep. Savages, Savages. <laughs> the director was Marcy Almas. She is actually a veteran TV director. She has done many shows, including Smallville, uh, the show Alphas, which was run by one Iris Stephen Bear, uh, Beauty and the Beast, that awful show. I think it was like on MTV or something, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that. Uh, Defiance. Not good. Uh, not, not great, Bob. Nope. Not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. Nope. Uh, the Last Ship, also not great, Bob. Uh, but she's also did Once Upon a Time. We actually watched that show as well. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Jessica Jones, Supergirl, The 100, and Iron Fist. So she's got herself in a lot of different kinds yeah. of streaming services, premium cable network shows, uh, regular broadcast shows. She, she's she got some goods. And from what we had seen in this episode, I, I think it kind of shows it. And I think we'll get into why in a little bit. Uh, and the DP was also Stain Vanderveken. Hmm. And uh, that's that. Marvin. Fantastic. Kilt rating. Kilt rating time. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to give this episode a 4.7 out of 5 kilts. I enjoyed a great deal of it. Okay. There are a couple of sticky little things that I was like, that doesn't sit well. But overall, a pretty solid episode. Yep, yep. How about you? Uh, I'm giving this one a 4.4. Okay, which is a solid episode for you. It's a decent episode. Yeah. Uh, Not great. Not great, Bob. But- also, not a horse. N- definitely, this is a, this is a, a lower tier pony. Okay, that Lord John Gray rides on yeah. ga- gallantly. <laughs> That's what it's a four point four because of Lord John Gray. Yeah, yeah. If it weren't for Lord John Gray, oh. I'm, I'm talking like four two, four one for me. I mean, you got Marsley, you got Murtaugh. That's true. That also very true. Also very true. But you got makeup sex. Um, yeah, but it wasn't like good makeup sex. Oh, I thought it was. No, I didn't. I didn't. I I thought it was like, it was like lazy makeup sex. Oh, did you see how sad Jamie was? I did. That's why it wasn't like I've got a lot of energy. He's been sad and depressed. So it was sad makeup sex. Claire got her ride on. That's all I can say. <laughs> well done. She was riding the horse. Well done. Giddy up on that pony. But I, I I give it a four four because some of the choices that I think that the writers are making Brianna do are just like. They're worrying me a little bit. The writers? Yeah. Okay. You and mean I, Diana Gabaldon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if it's book, if it's the source material, then I'm worried about it. Okay. If it's the writers making changes to the TV show. No, Brianna's story has been, you know, it this, just worries this episode me. is very Diana um, driven. And I and I kind of feel like we're spinning wheels because okay. we don't know what we're doing. Oh. Um, with 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 the story. And okay, well, why don't we and, like? Uh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's yeah, your, what's your GBGs? GBG? The All good, right. bad, greats. All right, my good. 
as Blake addressed earlier in this episode, is anyone else, when you think about Lord John Gray, do you kind of have to like fan yourself a little bit? <laughs> like, I'm getting all sorts of hot and steamy, and I want to know if I'm alone in this, but Blake just like confirmed my feelings. I mean, oh, dang, dang. When he comes in that right, room at the party. Right. Time out. I was like, Time out. Hello, nurse. Say it out loud. And for once, he didn't look super pale. When he was outside, he tanned up a little bit. When he was outside of River Run chatting with Bray, I was like, oh, you're not translucent. You're wait, not see-through. Wait, yeah? does, does Roger have uh, a rival? And I will always love you know, show Roger has a rival. Okay. I'm going to tell you that. And that goes into my bad. My bad okay. is my feelings about Bree's relationship in this show. Ah. Those of you who are book readers, you understand my love of Roger. Those of you who are just show watchers, you might be like, who's this poor jabroni who just keeps getting up? Because you might be shipping, aka making Brie and Lord John Gray, into a real relationship. I was sitting there saying, I haven't seen, I said this out loud while we watched the episode, I haven't seen Brie smile so much with Roger as she has in this one episode with <laughs> Lord John Gray. I feel like Brie had so much more fun with Lord John Gray than I've seen her have with Roger in years. Like yes. cumulative, okay, guys. Yep. Yep. Bree doesn't smack Lord John Gray. Bree laughs with him. She has intelligent conversations. Okay, she's not. He freaking proposes, and she's like, "Yup, Roger's <laughs> okay. done that twice." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's ended in being smacked both times. So oh, I, man. my bad is that all of a sudden I'm somehow rooting for Brie to have a great relationship with Lord John Gray who still has sex with women okay he can still <laughs> perform his married duties and I'm just like you know I had a gay best friend in my in my 20s it was some of the best times of my life we went cross country together we we did all sorts of fun things this could be great for Brie she's smiling that's my bad why am I suddenly cheering for this relationship yeah because they've made Roger not not so good. He's not likable. No. Uh, and that is, I don't know. I don't know why, but that's my bad, is that I'm I'm not liking show Roger as much as I really want to, even though I feel bad for him. Well, I, think great- th- I think your bad is more directly that Roger is unlikable right now, for the most part. I mean, not, 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 not totally. Not right now. Not like captured Roger, but the Roger-Bree interactions yes. haven't made you root for that relationship. Right. Because let's be real, Bree's kind of a, a bee in some of the Roger Bree episodes, okay? And, he, She's, and he's kind of a D. Yeah, okay? They're, Bree, they're B and Ds, okay? And if you don't B know what that D. means, just not not good people, okay? Not not great. So when, so when I'm sitting not here- Not great, Bob! And I'm like, wow, this relationship, like I'm smiling every time, like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I just smile too much between Bree and Lord John Gray's interactions, and I haven't smiled like that since Boston Cream Pie. So anyway, uh, my great for this episode, who would have guessed? Non-book scenes. The Marsley Merton Fergus. Like all of those little moments. Oh, yes. And like even the little, my husband doesn't sleep, doesn't ha- keep his boots in my blanket. And, um, <laughs> you know, like... You know, when when Murtaugh's asking her, like, oh, you want him to die? No, if I wanted him to die, I would have shot him myself. Like, Mm -hmm. just how this wonderful dichotomy of of Marsali, who came over on a boat as a 15-year-old. Yes, she's had a little bit of time, but she's still in her teens. And yet she has grown into this amazing woman that we got to see the fire in her. Mm -hmm. And goodness gracious, did they cast a good Marsali. I agree. Because we are all on the Marsali train. I have no idea where any of this plot's going, and that's why it's my great. (laughs) Because it's uncharted territory, and I'm loving every single moment with Murta. Yep. Um, but really the Marsley sass, I was like, dang girl, I like the Marsley sass with Murta yep. a lot better than the Marsley sass with Claire. Yeah, because that's just that's just being a bee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just being a bee. And this, but, she's she's being a wife. Well it's it's yeah, it's it's multi layered and yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, What's your GPT bike? You know, we, we said it in the episode too. The girl who plays Marsley, she really does look like Nell yes. Hudson. Like yes. they could be like either cousins or like sisters, you I know. Love it. Yep, could really could. So uh, that casting is really good, and I do truly believe her in that role mm-hmm. as as Fergus's wife. Uh, okay, the good. 
Jamie and Claire being in a fight the way that they were throughout the whole yes. episode. I love it because it felt like a real marriage fight. Like she is angry at him for lying. Mm-hmm. He's he's obviously angry at himself for being the way that he is and he just he, he doesn't want to deal with it and like they're kind of ignoring each other and they're both upset and it reminds me of one of those fights that you know you get into where you you're angry at something but you don't even really know what the hell you're fighting about anymore. It's just really bad and it sucks and you don't want to anger each other any more than you already are mm-hmm. and you just avoid each other and you and, and you just you're like okay fine I'm just, you do you I'll do me and then hopefully we'll figure it <laughs> you out. You do you boo. I just I like the fact that they have this moment that where they're just they're not perfect all the time mm. and seeing them fight and even getting to the point where Ian is saying you need to fix this. You need to like take care God, of this. I love Ian. And Jamie being stubborn the way that he is and Claire just being angry the way that she is. And there's even this line where Claire says, listen, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at everything else. It's one of my favorite marriage pieces that we got out of therapy. Yes. Your partner isn't the problem. The problem is the problem. Right. And that's been like one of our mantras. And that's what Claire did. I'm not mad at you, Jamie. I'm just mad at everything, at the world. I'm mad at the world, and I'm mad at the problem, and I'm mad that all this is happening. Yes. And I really felt myself connected to this whole conversation and the whole, even though I thought it was kind of sad makeup sex and boring makeup sex, I I I found myself connected to it because... I understood it. Mm-hmm. It made sense to me as a married man who who gets in fights with his wife and really there's there's no reason for them half the time. I really appreciated that. Okay, the bad for me, there's a tie. And they're both Brie related. Oh dear. Yes. Oh uh, dear. The first one is drawing Phaedra. Not the act of drawing her, but I felt like it just came out of nowhere. You know, here's Phaedra talking about getting, you know, dressed and for the thing. And she's like, stop that light. I have to draw you. What the hell is this? Jack and friggin' Rose in Titanic? That's completely what it made me thought of. I like, what are we doing here? Jamie, like this. Like one of your Wearing this and only this. (laughs) That's what I thought Phaedra was going to say. What are we doing? And, And it's not even like it was a natural thing. No. They just happened all of a sudden to decide... Poor Phaedra, she was like, girl, I'm on the clock. If I don't make you a dress today, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to sit. Can I Can I do your dress and you draw me while I'm doing it? Because that would make me happy. So they have never alluded to Brie having artistic skill in any way in this show so far. And they kind of led to it because they have like, she has this crude drawing of Roger that she gives to Claire in the previous episode. That didn't feel like to me that she spends her time drawing or that she's ever spent her time drawing. She just all of a sudden is like, I'm going to draw everything. She's freaking Bob Ross all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Happy little Phaedras all over the place. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But as bad as that was, as as inorganic or unorganic, whatever whatever the word is. It came out of nowhere. Yes. I mean, she has a lot of free time on her hands. And sometimes when you finally have free time, you do get new passions. Uh, Yes. Sure. It, it, oh, another thing that kind of bothered me about the drawing was... I know what it was. I know. I know exactly. You know, Anytime that any actor is portrayed in drawing, they always have the actor drawing this one, it like filling in shadow and this one insignificant part of the whole picture that's already completed. And they're like, oh, okay, it's done. But they're drawing the most insignificant part of it. It's just like, and and then and they had Sophie Skelton just coloring in black on what's already been established as a black shadow. It was so yeah. bad. Oddly enough, the only one I think that ever got it really right in in major motion picture film that wasn't about an artist himself was Titanic when they had Leo drawing the hand. 
But it wasn't actually Leo. It was an artist's hand. It wasn't actually Leonardo DiCaprio. Doesn't matter. They I don't care. filmed they... like an artist drawing. <laughs> but at least they had someone manipulating the photo, like manipulating the the piece of artwork. Well, I didn't think Bree's drawings were that good. Neither did I. No, they're not. They're they weren't as bad as. You know what? They're uh, believable that she started a couple months ago. They weren't as bad as Christmas Inheritance drawings. Christmas Inheritance drawings were the worst. Christmas Inheritance being the movie on Netflix, Netflix. which was really, really bad. So bad that it was good. All right, but the, as bad as that was, the worst one for me is the whole blackmail portion. Oh. And it's not because um, Bree tries to blackmail Lord John. Actually, I think that's okay because they're giving her some sort of agency like she's actually taking her own life into her mm-hmm. own hands and she's manipulating things and i think as a woman and as a as a major character a main character of the show for her to make a decision and do it and say this is what's going to happen i actually quite like that mm-hmm. but they've never shown brie as someone like who is that selfish before i think and more importantly they they go ahead and do it, and then she turns around and says, uh, yeah, never mind. I wouldn't have done it anyway. It's okay. No, see, no. I, I feel like this is exactly what someone does when you're like, shoot, I didn't even think about my baby being a bastard. I didn't even know what that's like. I don't even know if my parents are coming back. I don't know what's going on. Oh, my God. What? Oh, shoot. I've traveled in time. What do I do? All, and you panic. All fine. All you fine. panic and you make bad choices and you change your mind. And sometimes you just kind of talk it out as you go. And that's what I think <laughs> happened is I think Bree had like a little inner discussion while she was with Lord John Grey because she knew that Pippin from Lord of the Rings was about to propose with the one ring to rule them all. <laughs> yeah. No! I really love that Pippin Pippin was in this episode. Gets rings. <laughs> like gets a ring. Like that was my favorite thing was not only do I just love this little actor and I all right, love- well, All right, well, all right. Oh. Get, getting back to my- oh. Getting back to the bad. We're still just, on your bad? Yes. Gosh, this is taking a while. Uh, well- <laughs> <laughs> Yes, continue. <sighs> okay. okay, so fine, you're not happy fine, with the blackmail. Fine. We understand. It, it, just, it just didn't make sense. Like I, she starts it and then- and then she's like, oh, never mind, I would have done it anyway. And then they just have this cool okay. com- conversation. I, and I just didn't like that. But the great yes. was the whole scene with Marsali and Murta. <laughs> yes. When he's in there sleeping uh, and she's banging things purposely yes. just to wake him up. Yes. It kind of reminded me of This Is Us, as a matter of fact. Mm. Remember, there's the scene with, with Beth and, 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 uh, and Randall's father. And William. William. And she sits him down and she's like, Listen, we got some things to talk about. Yes. And I loved this episode, this this scene with her, because so far, Marsali has done nothing but be window dressing, and she's done nothing but make food at that little counter when when Listen, when, when Fergus walks she's in. She's the only one bringing in an income in this house. I know. And what Poor I'm saying, thing. just as a character, she's done nothing but make food. But all of a sudden- All the charcuterie boards. Every charcuterie there ever was, Marsali is making it. But now all of a sudden she's actually doing stuff and she and she's doing something that I think all good wives do for their husbands and all good husbands do for their wives when they know they have to take care of their spouse and they have to do things outside of their spouse's purview or knowledge to make them a better person. And I love, love, love the line. I'll have a whole husband or not a husband at all, or whatever it was that she says to Myrta. And she tells him, you're going to do this because my husband is a man. He's a full man to me. And he needs to know that himself. Yes. I love that. And and, and maybe it's because my wife has done that for me uh, probably on many occasions. Yep. I did it just last week. It, uh, sure. What, what, wait, what did you do? When I set up your play date with your best friend. Yes, she did. <laughs> she did. She set up. <laughs> for him to fly up for your birthday weekend. That's true. Yes. So uh, just as a married man whose wife takes care of him and as a man who takes care of his wife in ways that it's not always evident to you, I found that whole scene fantastic. And that the, Even when he's saying last but 
you know, his hand. And she's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're going to take him in. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. I don't think that's a good idea, but I understand. I'm just nervous. All right. So what do you got for the rest of this episode? Yeah, we're actually going to do the recap. Here we go. I think that I think we need to be careful. We can't. I mean, we only have two episodes left. We got to be efficient with our kilt ratings and our GBGs. So I know. We can recap in the recap. Yes, you're right. Recap in the recap. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you, I mean? What do you got? I mean, uh, let's. I just need. Okay, we talked about. You want, the, you want to talk about Pippin real quick? No, I already did. Oh. Okay. Oh well, you mean the character? Yeah. Poor Forbes. Yeah, Forbes. <sighs> The, the whole the whole harem of guys that was oh going in there. Oh my gosh! All the little side eyes, all of them wanting Brie, and she came down and gosh, she looked so beautiful she did on look that good. clothing and the choker. Oh my gosh, the little ribbon choker! Oh, I want to wear a little great. ribbon choker now. And I liked how it was like translucent. I mean, the costuming in this episode was so great. Um, and, and and the the detail of the scenery in the house, John Gary Steele. Freaking gets it, dude. He yes. he gets it. Yes. I am all about the Gary Steele life. Right? Gary, if you're listening, thank you. Seriously, man. All the props. Because all the props. Th- that room where they go and she sit down and they have the couches and like just the, the detailing. When Phaedra was like, everybody wants to be at these parties. Once I saw that, I was like, yes. I want to be at that party. John Screw Phaedra's Ridge. I, I'll go to any party John Gary still holds. <laughs> Looks beautiful. Seriously. But yeah, all, all these guys just showing up thinking that they're going to have... Poor things. You know? And like, I wonder what Joe Casta's letter was like. Hey, I know you're single looking to mingle. <laughs> this is the scottishmatch.com. <laughs> Scotch.com. Scotch.com. <laughs> Come on over. Haggis will not be served, so don't oh, worry. Oh, man. But I just, you know, I think of anybody, you were like leaning towards Forbes, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't want the the weird judge guy who was just all co- sorts of creepy, freaking squirrel. What the heck was that? Okay, <laughs> squirrel guy. Forbes was so cute. Like, don't you want to know who I was in the forest with? If Bree was a regular single woman at this time, who was you know really in her prime years, mm-hmm. she might have been like, hot damn, Anjocasta's Scotch dot com is the best like i get my picking and and forbes brings all these beautiful stones to me and i could just keep drawing like he wants to see her drawings and he didn't get all mean like like the mama did about about the drawings of of phaedra right but i just i felt bad for forbes and i'm surprised um because i didn't in while i was reading um but I felt bad for him in this episode. Well, the funny thing is, is that he doesn't do anything particularly bad. He doesn't treat her like a like no. a like a bag of crap. You know, like he kind of just like he assumes that he's gonna just win a win or like a freaking prize. Because well, Joe Casta told her, she set it up. She gave him like, yes, I approve. I'm excited, and this is how things were done back then. So right. it's once again like, yes, we can look at it in 2019 and be like, this is weird, but this is how things were done. And I just thought he was so sweet and kind, <laughs> and genuinely seemed um, smitten with her. With his one ring to rule them all. Yes, <laughs> poor thing. Of course, they had Pippin with the one ring to rule them all (laughs) (laughs) the ring of power (laughs) oh my goodness when he whips out that box of gemstones and asks brie her opinion on which one is best can we go actually okay forbes now that i've geeked over forbes okay can we talk about the dinner absolutely holy awkward yeah that whole thing but what was most awkward for you um uh the squirrel, like the the psychology talk, yeah. I just didn't like it. I didn't flow. Um, I'll be real with you all. I've been loving Sophie Skelton. I'm going to be very careful, and Blake's going to be very careful because we agree on this for this episode. We've loved Sophie Skelton this season. Oh, okay. I know where you're going. All right. Until this episode. Yes. There were moments of awkwardness, and I don't know if it was the writing. You're right. Company is nice or whatever the heck she says. Yeah. That came off a little weird. Okay. It came out wicked weird. This whole psychology chat. Interesting. Okay. And Sophie <laughs> tried the darndest that she could, but it was kind of weird. Okay. Um, 
like, where where are we getting at? Since when in our TV history of Brie do we have any knowledge about her doing anything with psychology or mm-hmm. drawing? Okay, what happened to Brie in this episode <laughs> has made me very confused, and I think she's in love with Lord John Gray. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing too is that her vernacular and her cadence mm-hmm. has yes. changed. Yes. Um. Now that she's in the 1700s, which is, I, I suppose, normal. But if you go back and just listen to the way that she speaks, mm-hmm. oh, I'm talking about the subject of um, psychology. Like just the way that just the way that it comes out of her mouth, it's not natural to her. Well, I don't think it's supposed to be natural because remember, she has supposedly a Bostonian accent a little bit, which, um, which she don't, but she doesn't. But she, I, she's I, not getting ciggies and beer <laughs> over at Jackie's Packy. <laughs> Okay. No, she's not. But on the flip side, you know, if this were me, if I were in a different time period and I was just trying to play nice at dinner, I would try to fit in and it would be awkward for me. I just kind of felt the psychology conversation to be weird um, in general. What it comes down to. And then for her to call out the judge and say, sounds like you're hiding something from your mom. Like, Brie, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I think she was just trying to eliminate suitors. Like, I think she was stirring the pot, like what I did on our family cruise, and <laughs> your stepmother started to talk negatively about the military, and I was like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a military family. Right. Let's talk. Hmm. What, are you, what are you trying to say now? Pass me another Cosmo while I'm in my <laughs> gown. Let's chat. But that's what I felt like Brie was doing, where Brie was like, what do I have to lose? I'm going to be ballsy and just kind of like True. push these people's buttons and literally call this guy out in front of his mom that he's hiding secrets from her, which right. like, lucky guess, Brie, but... But all those all those poor guys, as soon as they saw Lord John walk into the room, oh. <laughs> they were just like... The oh, looks that they, that was perfect. The little looks that they made, it made us chuckle out loud. Yes. And they really did such a great job filming Lord John yes. in this episode. Like the way that always. he just walks into the room. It's like he floated like yes. the vampires do in the first Twilight when they're actually on like one of those floor on escalators. Yeah, 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 they're on like a treadmill. I'm pretty we'll sure out loud. <laughs> they called the Twilight props department and were like, do you have that walking treadmill thing? Because we need Lord John Gray to just slide into this room. <laughs> I imagine that's how Hugh Jackman walks through life oh, too. Yes. Hugh Jackman just floats. Yes. Just floats through life because he's perfect. Now Lord John Gray. Love him. We've obviously gushed about him so much in this episode. And deservedly Love your so. outfits. Love your hair. He's got the best wig aside from Breeze. Mm-hmm. I mean they have the best wigs. Let's yep. be real. Yep. Um, <sighs> Lord John Gray would not have had buggery sex inside whatever little alcove that was linen closet butler's oh, pantry no, 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 inside no, no. a house nope. with all these people sleeping in there where servants are walking around 24 7 where mm-hmm. anyone could hear them mm-hmm. lord john gray and a local judge would not do this just wouldn't it, they, first of all if lord john gray is gonna is gonna be intimate yeah. you, you know there's gonna be candles you know there's going to be some nice music playing. Oh my gosh, there's Chet Baker playing on some record <laughs> nearby. Like vinyl, though. You know, yeah, no, none he, of the CD stuff. He doesn't stuff. do CD. No. He definitely, definitely does, does not do an iPad. No. Oh, uh, no. Or an iPod. Nope. No. No, no, no. All no. about the vinyl. He's all about the vinyl life. He's got Chet Baker playing. Mm-hmm. He's got the dim candlelight. He probably has already made like a really good steak dinner. Right. Matt paired it beautifully with wine. He has the best wine in the whole. Oh, his he wine went downstairs <laughs> and got the best vintage. Y- you know. You Lord all- John Gray would not have done this. No. And, nor would a high standing judge. And the fact and the fact that, you know, they're 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 having relations. Good great. For them. That's great. I'm happy that they're that they're that they're on Grinder and yes. they found he was fifty feet Grindr. away. I love it. And that's great. That's yes. fine. I'm cool. Totally cool with that. But I feel like there'd be a little bit more thought into the whole process. I mean, even if he was in his room, you know what I mean? So right. it's like that quick slip in and out, like me, okay. hopefully no one sees me enter or exit. But to be in a, a public, I mean, it's not a public You know what he would have done? What? He would have done the Downton Abbey. Remember when when uh, when Lady Mary has sex with the guy from uh, Turkey or whatever yes. it was, and he dies in yes. her bed, spoiler alert, 
and they have to come get the servants to move the body. Yep. That's what would have happened, obviously, minus the whole no, dying Yeah, part. I'm very confused with where well, you What I'm saying is they would have, he would have snuck the guy Just in. Just into the bedroom. Right? Exactly. Then you only have like five seconds to worry about. The going in, the going out. Yeah. Here, in whatever in little- some freaking closet somewhere. Seriously. Yeah, no, like, Brie heard you while she was going on her pregnancy pee in the middle of the night <laughs> or getting her drink. You know? Like, what are we doing here? So that was something I had a problem with because- um, I just don't think that that would have been in character. You know, I've I've come to the conclusion that Sophie Skelton is the female version of Hayden Christensen, and and I'm going to give myself this. No! Hayden Christensen, for people who don't know, he's the one. He's the guy who plays Anakin Skywalker in the the episode, teenage grown up version in episodes two and three. Like there, there's a there's a point there where you're like, okay. I, when he gets when Hayden Christensen got really angry or he was really emotional, like you can see, all right, I see where they were going with this. I, I could, he's really good. But when he just has to give normal dialogue and act just just normally and have a conversation, he's very st- like stilted and wooden and just very awkward. And I and I kind of feel the same thing about Sophie Skelton because of this episode. I think she, there are moments, there are flashes when she is just freaking awesome. And you're like, you don't get to be angrier than I do, okay? Or more angry than me. Okay, there's a flash. I see it. Or when she when she throws the, the shirt, there's a flash. I get that. But everything else, like, yeah, good company. It really does help things. No. Like, wait, what? No. Now, is that the writing or is that the actress? I'm not 100% sure yet. Yes. That I'm still, that's in take development. Agreed, that, agreed. And that's the difficult thing is that we don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know where the line is quite yeah. yet. And I'm, I'm, I'm. Whereas Joe Casta pulled off that beautifully. Like I believed her in that scene while they were sitting down um, talking about, you know, company and all that kind of stuff. I, I felt it, but I felt a little awkward. And on the flip side are we supposed to be feeling awkward with Brie? She's traveled through time, pregnant by who knows who, lost her family, stuck here. So, okay, is it not the writing? Is it not Sophie Skelton's acting? Is it just that this poor young woman is in a messed up place and doesn't know how to properly So act? either she's screwed up or she's gone full Hayden Christensen. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm, I, if it, I, I'm leaning more towards Hayden Christensen, I think. Okay. But I will say I really liked the dynamic between Jocasta and Brianna when 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 Auntie was just telling her, "Listen, you, you are a mess. You have very few options right now, and you need to figure this out." Okay. Yeah. I don't care where you're from, what you're doing, who you are. It don't matter. You are out of wedlock, pregnant, and yep. you got to get your life together. Get your life straight. Poor okay. Thing. Poor thing. So twice a year, every year, Castle Massey has a massive bath and body sale. All soaps, lotions, God, I need lotion, my hands are cracking, and much more. It's the are, cold weather, that's the thing. Seriously. It's and so the, cold. The dry heat. Yeah. Oh. You're going in and out, it drives your skin crazy. All of this is marked down 33% off, so you can get those beautiful triple milled soaps that Blake and I gush about. No mm-hmm. joke, guys, gush about. Whatever fragrance you want, I'll be, of course, getting number six. Because we just love it in general. <laughs> get that? <Yeah. laughs> you can also get. <laughs> I'm not a professional nerd for no reason. Uh, you can also get the calming lavender, the rejuvenating verbena, and so much more. And in addition to their gorgeous soaps, you can also pick any of their lotions or hand creams. Goodness, that's what I need. Plant based, gorgeously fragranced. Castle Massey's lotions work beautifully while leaving a wonderful light fragrance behind. And that's everything. Bath and body. Everything is marked down up to 33%. And now, because you're listening and because you're amazing, you get an additional 30% off. All you have to do is write in OutlanderCast. So I'm going to break down the math for you. You have the potential to be purchasing items 63% off. 63 fracking percent. Seriously, guys. You're practically losing money not buying it. You need to type in that code OutlanderCast before the sale ends. Get yourself some hand cream get yourself some number six soap so good (laughs) all right so what did you think about the shower scene 
What, you, you, you're, not, okay. you're not a fan? Well, the way that they left off last week really made you think Roger probably might have touched the stone. It, it came close. And then you start off this week. I pretty much jumped out of my seat and I went, what? Right. What? Um, and then we thought, oh, maybe it's a flashback. And you get to see the scarring on his hands and right. on his face. And then you're like, no way. It was, it was the hair. Oh, the you know? ha- everything. Um, it's interesting. It's it, it's funny. It's, it's, it's grown on me. After the couple of rewatches, it's grown on me. At first, I hated it. It's a, it's a cheap trick. I agree. It's a cheap trick that people use to get you off your guard. And I feel like I know the person to blame. You want to just call it out right now? I feel like it's a Tony graphic move. <laughs> when I saw that like little thing, that little chat after. You know, she I was just, all proud of it. I feel like Matt would have been like, no, guys, this doesn't happen in the books, okay? We can't do this, okay? We can't do it. And I feel like Tony would be like, you know what would be so fun? Is if like in the episode before, you think Roger's going to touch it. In the next episode, he's having a dream. But people think he really went back through time. Wouldn't that be so much fun? And I love Tony, and I love her enthusiasm. Maybe it wasn't her choice. But when I watched that after special thing, I was like... It was Tony. That's yeah, a Tony choice. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, I did not like it the first time I saw it when I found out you yeah. know, he got smacked back right into reality. In the following rewatches, I'm okay with it, yep. but I still think it was really cheesy. Um, it's, a, it's a cheesy trick, and I, I wouldn't mind if they had done it and they kind of like kept with it a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Um, but the way that he, the way that it ends, it just ends with him wiping the thing, and he sees the guy's face in the mirror, and all of a sudden he comes out of his little dream state. Yeah, I don't know. I just wish something a little bit more drastic happened. Like if if the if the if the Mohawk, you know, like gave him a whack, and all of a sudden you just see Roger like his face like hidden the mirror. And you're like, wait, what? And then all of a sudden he wakes up because his face hit the mirror for no reason. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Black Swan? When Natalie Portman is looking in the mirror and she sees herself and she's pulling her the oh, skin yes, on her that's finger. That's so gross, so gross. Right, I and can't. she pulls it all no, the way I down. I know, Blake, I want to vomit just listening to it. <laughs> what yes. I'm getting at is it, it, you thought that that was really happening at first, yes. but something really drastic happens and it, you're like, oh, wow, okay, that's just, that's just nonsense. I kind of wish that's what happened. Do you know what I mean? I do. Because uh, it would have been a little bit better. And listen, I'm not here to write a better show, but it is a relatively cheap, cheap trick. Although I kind of like the idea of faking everybody out a little bit. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying, like in the subsequent rewatches, I've kind of been okay with it. You know? Yes. Um, and it was short enough where I'm not shaking my finger, saying there are only two episodes left. Why are you wasting this much time? Because there's moments, psychology talk, where I feel <laughs> like that. Where I'm like, do you know how much we have to cover? Two, two episodes. Yeah, and that's something I want. I want to talk in, talk about in my final thoughts. So put let's okay. put a, put a pin in that, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure that out. Because right now, I definitely need to talk about Jamie and Claire. Yes. Oh my God. Aside For, aside from Marcely and and Murta, yeah, this was the strongest part of the episode for me, especially you know, you know throughout the whole episode, but really especially at the end when they went to REI. And got that tent. <laughs> they thought they were going to have all sorts of freaky deaky sex in it. Okay, yes. they got the mats, they got the little warmers, they got the oils, all the things. I'm sure they got like the straps too that you use. You know, you nothing, know? Hey. nothing like that has happened in that tent. And Roger knows the tent has not been around. You mean Ian? Oh yeah. Oops, yeah. Ian. That's what I'm trying to say. Bye, Ian. Bye, Ian. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, that. <laughs> The way that Claire was able to see Jamie for his pain, because Claire was so um, stuck in her own fears and and sadness about having to leave Mm Bree that it took Ian to really have her look at Jamie. You know, when he was just in the background doing his thing with the horses and she really got to see him. And this is why I love this couple. I love this couple. And I agree because they've you've built so much into them. They are obviously the most fleshed out characters of the whole series. Yes. And, and it is what it is. Especially their 
their relationship in particular. You know when something is off. Mm -hmm. It's like your own marriage. You know when things are fine and you know, even when something is even a little off, you know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I really liked the job. Um, I really liked the job that uh, Marzi Almas does with the direction of this episode. Because for any reason, the information that Jamie and Claire are talking about. It's just information. It's just these two reconciling. It, it should be boring as hell, to be honest. But what she does, uh, uh, um, uh, the director does, Almas, what she does is she tells you a story with by showing you the awkwardness between the two. It's Jamie taking the saddle off of the horse yeah. far in the far distance as Claire is doing her own thing. Claire just being like, listen, Ian, take a hike, dude. <laughs> Bye, Ian. Bye, Ian. Just get out. I, I know, Ian. Okay, I get it. Thank you. And the But the piece de resistance, if you will, yes. is finally when they're in the tent, both Claire and Jamie, when they begin, are shadowed. They're dark. It looks they're like even Jamie, blue. He, he looked so sad and so blue. That it reminded me of how he looked when he woke up at Culloden. Right, exactly. And that's saying something. It's it's showing you the kind of things that are happening mm-hmm. between the two. Things are off. Things are not well yes. between them. But as they get closer, they become more lit. Mm-hmm. And surrounded surrounding them on the whole is the firelight of the campfire. And when it's put up against the tent, there's this beautiful orange background behind them. Mm. And you start off with Jamie in the immediate foreground, Claire in the fur, fur, like in terms of perspective, she's further back. You see the, the blackness of Jamie's face, where he is, how he's feeling. And then it comes together. They become more light. The orange surrounding them. Not only does it make for a beautiful picture, it has depth. It has worth. It's beautiful. Um, but it has the blue playing off of the orange, which, as you know, my darling, what are those colors? Opposites. Opposites of, of the, the color, color wheel. wheel. And opposites of the, of the color wheel are what are most attractive to the human eye. Things, when you, when you combine things like purple and yellow, those are attractive to the human eye because they're opposites. Red and green, mm-hmm. opposites. Mm-hmm. Blue and orange, opposites. Yep. Okay? That's why you see so many so many like uh, movie, movie posters with the blue and orange fire hues, okay? But the orange that surrounds them is important because orange generally is uh, an indicator of joy and warmth and heat, sunshine, uh, health, uh, stimulation, happiness, sexuality, freedom, and fascination, right? Mm-hmm. These are things that what orange symbolizes. So even though you have Jamie in the foreground of being black and bitter and blue, where you're sad and kind of not depressed, but a sign of depression and a sign of jealousy, being surrounded by orange with Claire as they come together for the first time. Yeah. Great. That is visual storytelling. That is dynamic directing. That is, and when you even have that admission from Jamie, I'm jealous of a dead man. Ugh. I'm jealous of a dead man, and he, and he needs reassurance from Claire. Gosh, Jamie, we just want to give him, he needs a Snuggie and the, a good old Saturday night binge of Netflix. Right. <laughs> and just to play footsies with Claire, you know, and some cocoa. He, it, it's funny because he's a dad and he... Tell he, him it's going to be okay. And he's taking everything that, that Brianna says literally, like, go to hell. Like, that That go to hell, That that's a modern term, right? But, the, but And the fact that... Claire is able to say, you know, she said these things and she doesn't mean it. Just like you, didn't you not mean the things you said? You know, you guys are so much alike. And that is something that I love that they've been able to bring to screen and bring mm-hmm. to the script is how much like Jamie Bree really is. How they're so fiery and stubborn and uh, and love. This is absolutely the probably the best part of the episode, aside from Lord John and, and Marsley. 
and, and <laughs> aside from everything you need, <laughs> huh? Well, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Uh, and I think the writing here was spectacular, and it, it culminates in in Claire saying to Jamie, "Trust me, just trust me. It's going to be okay." Yeah. And it's it's a man finding comfort and trust in a woman. And usually, you know, you 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 have a guy saying "trust me," and you and usually it's the woman who's playing the person who is in distress. But it's Jamie is the one who's depressed about his own daughter, and Claire is taking care of him. I find that role reversal to be spectacular. So great, so so great. Anything else you got to say about this particular episode, Roger. my darling? Oh yes, Roger. What do you got? Poor thing. Poor thing. I have a Finally great outlandish theory about him, at by the way. The, at the village, which we know is far, far away. And he gets the snot get, got him again. I loved being able to see how different the Mohawk village was than mm-hmm. the Cherokee village. You know, the attention to um, their houses. Mm-hmm. And I just really, really loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but the poor thing. Just, here you go. You know. Don't try get, to escape again. I just got beat up just got i thrown down that line i was kind of ready for him to do a jig like do a little dance because when everybody lined up i was like what's gonna happen you know how you know how like at homecoming when you were in high school all your friends would line up and like one at a time you'd go down and you'd do some kind of like funny dance move i was like maybe roger has to do nope just gets beat up (laughs) you know as i'm thinking about it yeah as i'm thinking about the shower scene i here's but here's my my vision of it Roger goes to the mirror. Yes. And all of a sudden, you just see him hit the mirror, like his face. And then when he hits the mirror, he kind of wakes up, and you realize that he's he's actually hit the stone because the the Mohawk guy is there, and he's the one who smacked him into the stone. Well, that's what's confusing is, like, I don't know how he got from the stone back with the Mohawks. I don't know well, yeah, how they and- found him. Did he, like, did he try to touch and they pulled him away? I don't know. Did he choose to not go? Yeah, that, it, 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 none it, of that was clear. It's kind of a lame thing. And the way they kind of tried to whistle past the graveyard was, don't ever try to escape again. Like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, you just went over. That's a huge freaking choice. Either Roger made that choice or he didn't make that choice. Did, was was he? Did he really choose to go back, but he got ripped away at the last second. We don't know. And that's why if you have that moment, that crazy moment of him hitting the the stone or whatever, that would answer that question. Um, and I just, I feel like that that would have been a, a tad better. But the Costumes, the music, the sets, the extra bits that we've got, aside from Murtaugh now being in trouble. Yes. Uh, and Bonnet being captured. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Bonnet's captured. I liked the little move that Murtaugh did, like punching Fergus to get Fergus yes. safe. That yep. was amazing. Good stuff. But I'm I'm nervous but excited to see what's going to happen. Do you think Murtaugh's fate is sealed and that he'll be done after season four? Mm, no, I don't. Okay. I don't. Um, Does he get to call a helpline and get bailed <laughs> out by Jocasta? I kind of, th- no, you know what I kind of think is going to happen? What? Well, this, me- this is outlandish theory oh, of the week, so okay. I, I can't, I but can't so do But so I, I, I really loved all the Murtaugh time until that, you know, getting caught with Bonnet, but I guess we knew something was going to happen. So no idea what's going to happen because it's not in the books. I'm ready to wrap up the show. Well, let's, we have to do the Outlander cast oh. staff thought of the week. Oh. This one's brought to you by Marlo Jones. Yay. Okay, Marlo. Take it away, girlfriend. Hi, Outlander Cast Clan. It's one of your moderators, Marlo Jones. After two wonderful episodes that left me on an Outlander high, I was brought back down to earth this week. Episode 411, If Not for Hope, was solid, but not one of my season four favorites. I knew the cold open with the shower scene was just a diversionary tactic for TV viewers, as I am a book reader and I knew that Roger wasn't going back through the stones. I am hoping the writers will give us something in a flashback, so we as viewers know what actually happened there at the stone circle. Did the Native Americans recapture Roger just as he was about to touch the stone? Did he have a change of heart and sit down on the ground to ponder how he was going to get back to Brianna? Was he already heading back towards Fraser's Ridge and the Native Americans caught him? Please, Matt B. Roberts, please, Tony Graffia, tell us, will Roger ever be redeemed? Meanwhile, back at River Run, 
Aunt Jocasta is plotting to marry off Brianna by throwing a dinner party with all single men. Did she think Brie wouldn't notice? Much of the entryway dialogue after Brie came down the stairs could have been done at the dinner table, and we could have skipped the silly psychology game. It seemed like a filler and a bit awkward. I really didn't need that to establish that Judge Alderdice was a homosexual, especially when we got the pantry scene a few minutes later. David Barry as Lord John Gray brought his A-game in this episode. Barry is always wonderful, but I think he especially shined in If Not For Hope. In every scene, he elevated the actors and lit up the screen. He was given some great dialogue and generally was the voice of reason. There was no way Lord John would ever let Jamie's daughter marry a hobbit. Physically, David Barry is not how I pictured Lord John, but that doesn't matter one bit. When he puts on those costumes and speaks those lines, he becomes Lord John in every way to me. We don't get much Jamie and Claire in this episode, but I was happy to see them finally make up. Now they can start working together as a team and do everything in their power to save Roger. As a book reader, I know there is so much great source material still to come. I am keeping the faith that the writers will give us all the important elements without rushing the story. Firstly, I need to know what is in that letter that Jamie wrote to Bree. Secondly, the writers better get Murta out of jail pronto with the help of the ever-clever Fergus. And lastly, will Bonnet ever get his comeuppance? Stay tuned. Only two more episodes until the season finale. All right, Marlo, thank, thank you so you, much. Marlo. I just want to give Marlo props because, you know, this is up to me to organize the, the staff thought of the week. And somehow, some way, I just missed the 11th episode one. And she came to my rescue at the last minute and put it all together. So, Marlo, thank you very much. You're actually going to hear Marlo again next week uh, for episode 12. She gets double whammy? She gets double whammy because she helped me out. Thanks, Marla. She helped me out. She she takes care of the whole thing. So, uh, final thoughts for this episode before we get into the Outlandish Theory of the Week. Anything? <sighs> I'm really worried about Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. Really worried. And yet there's like this feeling where I'm like, I think he's sticking around. I think he's going to stick around. Because if not, there might be a different kind of revolution than mm-hmm. some regulators being little busy bees. If they kill <laughs> off Murtaugh in season four... And just let him die in a jail? No. Hell hath no fury. Like, like Outlander like, fans. Uh, nope, exactly. If you <laughs> think agree. our love for Lord John Gray is something, wait till you, you try to kill him. You can't bring Murtaugh in and then just take no. him back. Okay. No, you cannot. Do not tease us. Okay, uh, so I think he's going to be okay. Maybe Joe Casta will, will do his bail, or maybe he'll be in house arrest like Lindsay Lohan or something um, and just have to stay at River Run. I have no idea what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but... <sighs> That's my main concern. Like, right. yeah. Right, so, it. so for my final thought, um, I'm a little worried. Oh, about what? I'm a little worried that we're getting into season three territory here. Oh. Um, not with the bonkers story of it all, because by the end of season three, it was banana land, and I don't like it. I didn't like what happened, but the narrative, like it did in season three, started to spread at the very end of the season yep. and it got too big for itself well you know who's who's in charge next week who is it is it matt campbell oh karen campbell yeah oh no karen if you listen and i'm sorry but you haven't done a good job so far so i'm not sure where how I, how I feel about this it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay karen campbell is gonna be the next writer of the next episode yep. well, whatever the, the narrative <laughs> is big and it's getting bigger by the moment, especially with the Murtaugh and and uh, Stephen Bonnet thing, uh, and the, all the stuff with Lord John and Bree and River Run and what's going to happen with her and the pregnancy. Is she going to have the baby? I just don't know how they're going to conclude it all in two episodes. I, I just don't know. And will it get too big or will it loop around on itself? Can we even close these loops within the next couple of weeks? What story are we actually telling mm-hmm. here in mm-hmm. season four, right? It was, it was you know, family. Now right. everybody's all over the place. And as we get l- later on into this season, we're getting River Run, we're getting Roger with the Mohawk, we're getting uh, this Murtaugh-Stephen Bonnet thing. I just don't know where we're going. 
it just feels like it keeps just expanding. Mm-hmm. And I and I hope that we start to funnel this down. Uh, that those are my final thoughts, my darling. Are you ready for the outlandish theory of the week? That I am. All right. All right. So I got two outlandish theories of the week. They got to solve this thing with Murta and Stephen Bonnet, and they got to solve it relatively quickly, in my opinion, because there no, there's no way they're killing Murta. There's no way you can't just introduce him and in and kill him by the end, right? Um. You could do it if he died in the whole regulator rebellion thing. That would make sense to me. But I don't think that's going to happen because they've got him now captured with, with Stephen Bonnet. So they have to keep him alive. And Stephen Bonnet, I feel like, is a character that should be kept around for at least a couple of seasons, kind of like a la Black Blackjack Randall. Mm-hmm. Outlander needs something. Outlander needs somebody to hate. We need to hate that person, and it needs to be a consistent villain. It can't be just like, Compt, or it can't be just Galus. It, so both of these guys have to come out alive, and it has to get done relatively quickly. And how does one do that when you're in jail? You work together to get out. What? I got a feeling they're going to break out together. Oh, no. And that is how Stephen Bonnet stays alive and not, not brought back to Jamie. Because he's gone, because Murtaugh makes a deal with him. Let's get out of here. I'm gonna get hung for my job in my my role in the rebellion. You're gonna get hung for murdering a bunch of dudes. Let's get out of this, and we'll part ways. And I'll just say, I, I Murtaugh knows that he raped Bree. That's true. Very true. I mean, maybe Murtaugh might do it, but actually go back on his word and maybe, kill him maybe anyway. have an end around maybe have an end around I don't know I'm not sure but either way somehow I think they're both going to work together on the way to get out and I, I'm not sure how it's going to go down quite yet yeah. but the big one here for me is that I don't think Jamie and Claire for my second Atlantis theory of the week I don't think Jamie and Claire are coming back with Roger and I say that because Roger is getting snot kicked out of him but I think that's on purpose the Mohawk tribe uses this as a test to see what kind of man you are, if you can withstand this beating and make it to the end of the line, then we can accept you into our tribe. Would you make it to the end of that line? Absolutely not. I'd get my ass kicked. Goodbye. I'd be done. <laughs> Although, if I had, if I knew if I had to get out, and I knew I had to take the beating to get to you, I would do it. Um, but I wonder if Roger just takes the beating and decides, I'm going to be part of the Mohawk tribe. Screw it. I'm just going to do it. Maybe they treat him. Maybe they treat him right. They give him some new clothes. It's already been said that they adopt people into their tribe if they some show their worth. Pies. I know it's so. I feel like Jamie and Claire are not coming back with Roger this season. It's not going to happen. It may happen in another season, but not now. Definitely not. That that's just my opinion. Uh, Chuck, what do you got? First of all, that's what I get for not asking you, my darling. Is that an interesting or is that an interesting? That's an interesting. Okay. Do you want to know? Some people have theories on how my intonation is with my different interestings and what that means. <laughs> now I need to like go back and listen. So I hit the wrong button. Chuck, now what do you think? Mock me. Please hang up and try again. All right, so before we let you go, we got to talk about the giveaways that we got and that we do every single week. We have two giveaways every Woo-hoo. week. The first one is the Centuries Cream Lotion in Almond. Oh, my God. Stop. Yep. I need this in my life. I love the smell of almond. <gasps> Stop. Okay. All, all of the almond porn for Mary. <laughs> uh, and the, number, the second one is the Three Cake Soap. Stop. In... Come on. Could it be almond? It's almond. Guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so good. Okay. All right. So that's that. <laughs> I love almonds. Okay. So now- I put so, way too much almond extract in like the almond cookies and stuff because I love it that much. So you know, we, we've gotten your rocks off okay. with almond. We've yes. gotten your rocks off yes. with Lord John. Yes. Are you ready to calm down right now? Are you ready to just take a breather? Yeah. Just <clears throat> gather yourself a little bit? Yep. You're not hot and bothered. I was. And are you are you ready to like close out? You mentioned out? almond. And <laughs> you ready to close out? I am. 
Thank you so much for checking out this episode. And if you've been a longtime listener, don't forget, we're going to be having our live podcast experience. So just know that even if you can't come to Rhode Island for the finale in two weeks, that you can be there in spirit. We want to thank all of you for taking the time to write reviews in your podcast apps of choice. This is huge, guys. There are so many Outlander fans out there who don't know that there are podcasts like ours. So if you leave a written review, A, it makes Blake and I smile. No joke, we sit here at night and we're like, did we get a new one? Did we get a new one? Oh, all the smiling. (laughs) Um, And Sassanok23 wrote my favorite Outlander podcast. Mary and Blake, I love laughing with you each, every week while you break down a new episode of Outlander. The balance between between the two of you as a couple and as a book reader non-book reader is perfect. Seriously crying laughter between the Pocahontas song references and the on-guard bedtime story. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so very much, Sassanok23 and thanks to everyone who has left a written review. We have gotten to 551 and my hope Holy is that by the end of this season 570? Yeah. Yeah. Can you do it? Like if you haven't written us a review in iTunes, can you just do it? It takes like a totally just a minute or so. Write a review. And you know what I'll say? Here, what? Here, here, here's what I'll say. What? I'm, I'm giving today. I'm giving today. Nice. I'm, I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the bar high. If somebody, if we get to 575, yes, oh, 575. Se- wow. By season's end. Okay. 575 gets a free shirt from the Marion Blake store. Well, then people are just gonna wait. They're just gonna wait so they can be 575. Well, then 570, 570, and 575. No, I'm, do you see what I'm saying? Then you just wait. It's a chicken game. All right, how many do we got now? What you have to say is that anyone from here on out who posts between these dates is entered to win. So right now, the most recent review is January 10th. So anyone who writes a review after, like when you hear this, between now and the finale, okay, that they makes get more sense. To win. This I is know. why you get better SAT scores than me. <laughs> You're welcome. This is why so I if you suck. write a review, I'll figure. I know how to know that you wrote it recently. Blake might not, but I'll help him, and he'll send you. <laughs> A present. Because I suck at SATs. <laughs> I'm not good at math. It's okay. I got you, boo. <laughs> so thank you. And we also want to thank all of the Outlander cast staff for just being extra amazing this season. This season for everybody was fast, furious. I can't believe it's already starting to wrap up. So thank you to our staff. Thank you also to all of our patrons. No matter which level you're at, you make Outlander cast happen. You honestly, you like help make sure that all of this works. We especially want to thank our associate producers, Angie, Carolyn, Celine, Cheryl, Dawn, Diane, Heather, Jennifer, Larissa, Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia, Siobhan, and Summer, as well as our co-producers, Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Jenny, Keelan, Kirsty, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Sue, Tara, and Tina, and last but not least, our executive producers, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Katie, Martha, Peg, and Sarah. Guys, thank you all so very much for all that you do and for your generosity with OutlanderCast. For now, my name's Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to OutlanderCast. Cast.